You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessings. We're going to talk about the second person of the Trinity, the Son. And specifically the relationship of the Father with the Son that continues and had a great impact in the history of our salvation, the entire humanity. And this is more or less powerfully summed up with a very popular and famous and most beloved verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. And isn't it a favorite profession of faith by every Christian to say that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? But today, we're going to ask the hard questions. So brace yourselves. Today, we're going to ask, what does it really mean when we say Jesus died for my sins? Can't God just forgive us without Jesus dying on the cross? In fact, how can you follow a God who allows His Son to be killed? Minsan ba you grappled with those questions in your faith life? Alam nyo kasi ngayong maga, ay, ay, we're gonna continue talking about the image of God. And the image of God is a stake here. Because when, you're, if, when your image of God is twisted and distorted, your heart will be twisted as well. Because we know that you become the God whom you worship. Alam nyo, lahat naman tayo sinasabi natin, naniniwala tayo sa Diyos. We all believe in God. But the problem is, we have different faces or interpretations and, and images of God. Uh, may praise the Lord. May gambling Lord. May drug Lord. May Lord of the Rings. May Lord de Vera pa nga eh. Diba? Sinong Lord yung pinag-uusapan natin? Kahit si Kristo, marami nagsasabi, nanini, sumusunod siya kay Kristo. Pero alam niyo ba yung sasabungan na nagpapataya, ang tawag din sa kanya, Kristo din. So sino bang Kristo pinag-uusapan natin dito? And since last Sunday, we continue to ask, may, may the real God please stand up? No? And then, you know, we're, we're ready for this. Once in a while, we want to discuss these deeper things in our faith because we can handle it. We believe that the light of Jesus family is a thinking community. And, and yes, maraming elemento sa ating pananampalataya, hindi talaga natin lubusang maintindihan. Kaya nga tinawag na misteryo eh. Talagang when we face a blank wall sa kaiisip, talagang pipikit na lang tayo at, at luluhod at magdadasal. Panginoon, di ko ito naintindihan pero ako'y naniniwala. Amen? Pero marami ding mga elemento sa ating pananampalataya na pwede at dapat nating maintindihan upang lalo nating itong maisabuhay so that we can appreciate it better. And throughout the 2,000 years of theology, there, are, there have been models of understanding the cross. Kasi ang, ang, the, the cross is the most eloquent expression of our faith Every Christian, no, pag nakita niya yung cross, yan ang expression ng pagmamahal sa akin ng Diyos, the cross. But you should also know that it's also one of the most misunderstood symbols or uh, even among us Christians, lalo na sa mga non-Christians. 
Ako sa biyaya ng Diyos sa kapag-ikot-ikot na maraming bansa. Two weeks ago, I was in Europe for our grand uh, na feast Europe there. Pero ako'y bata-bata, ako'y naging delegate din eh, ng isang Southeast Asian Youth Program. Pinadala ko sa iba't ibang bansa para ma-immerse sa kanilang culture. Kasama na ang relihiyon. At ako'y bata pa ako ma-observe na ako eh. Lalo na sa pananampalataya. Sa Thailand, dalimbawa, ang di ko makalimutan ay yung ako'y, well, para mapag-aralan ng kanilang kultura, ako'y pumasok sa kanilang templo. At talagang namangha ako. In fact, nagulat, iiyakan sila, dadasal sila, ang kaharap nila, image ng elepante. Elepante. No, in fact, nag-aalay sila ng, ng gatas, no, as elepante. No, kaya sabi ko, parang ang weird ang jus elepante. Pero dahil ako ay, ay gumagalang, ay naki, nakibaw na rin ako dun sa elepante, no? Nung ako'y nasa Indonesia, balik-balik din ako noon, nung kami nagmimisyon doon, isa din kinagulat ko, mayroong isang imahen ng isang agila, higanting agila, pero ang mukha niya mukhang aswang, nang lilisik ang matatas, mahaba ang mga pangil, kaya nung nakita, Whoa! sabi sa akin ng host ko, huwag kang ganyan, isa sa mga Diyos nila yan. Ha? A- Diyos ba yan? Ang ganun ba? Pakakatakot eh. Kaya nung medyo nakaibigan ko na yung ilan mga Indonesians at mga Thais, kaibigan ko na naman eh. Kaya biniro ko na sila at sinabi ko, ba't yung mga Diyos nyo nakakatakot? Mga weird, elepante, o agila na mukhang aswang. Weird ang Diyos namin? Sagot nila, no? Our God is weird? How about your God? Nakapako sa krus. Duguan. Patay! Tapos nagdadasal kayo, iligtas ka niya, isa nga namatay. Come to think of it, kung hindi ka kristyano, hindi ba hindi mo maon? Patasal niya mga kristyano sa isang patay na Diyos. Di ba mas weird nga yun? Pero dahil na, intindihan mo yan, it's either ha, mag, 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 makikipag-debate ka, pero mas maganda ay tumahimik ka ng ngiti at masabi mong, hindi, ha, ang Diyos ko pumayag matalo para ako manalo. Pumayag siyang mamatay para ako mabuhay. Sabi ko nga eh, ang sagwa siguro kung yung elepante niya nagpapako sa krus, parang pangit. Ay, yung, higa, yung agila yung nagpapasa ng krus, hindi ba? Parang hindi ata. Pero again, nirespeto natin yun. Ha? Nirespeto natin. Pero yan, sinasabi natin, namatay upang ako ay mabuhay ang aking Diyos na si Jesus. Pero ano ba talaga ibig sabihin nun? Ba't ba siya kailangan mamatay? So again, through theological history, marami nang nagpaliwanag niyan at iba-ibang klaseng paniwalag, paliwanag na hanggang ngayon ay dala-dala natin. For example, as early as 184 AD to 253 AD, there was this Bible scholar named Origen and he... Uh, was one of those who wrote on the ransom model. Everybody say ransom. Ganito lang, uh, simple yon. Ang aral na ito ay nagsasabing, nung tayo nagkasala, ang demonyo na ang may-ari sa ating mga kaluluwa. Siya na ang may ownership at certificate. Ngayon, dahil mahal tayo ng Diyos, kailangan niyang bawiin yon, bilhin niya yon. Kaya pinadala niya ang kanyang bugtong na anak para mamatay, para mabawi niya sa demonyo. So, because of sin, the devil owned us and God bought us back by the death of Jesus. Yan yung ransom model. And not surprisingly, hanggang ngayon, marami nag-iisip ganyan niya. Until, uh, in, 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 in a 
1033 to 1109 AD, si St. Anselm of Canterbury offered and wrote about the satisfaction model. Sinabi niya, parang mali ata yun. Masyado niyo namang binibigyang kredito ang demonyo. Masyado namang makapangyayahan ng demonyo at binibili pa ng Diyos sa kanya yung in ating mga kaluluwa. So sabi niya, hindi, hindi ganun yun. Sabi niya, we sinned. Nagkasala tayo at nilapastangan natin ang Diyos. We didn't honor God. So we owe God honor. May utang tayo ha? ng honor sa Diyos. Sino nagbayad? Si Jesus. Bakit? Because Jesus honored God so much by His obedience, on da- by dying on the cross, kaya yung kanyang sobra-sobrang pag-honor sa Diyos, yun ang nagbayad sa atin. Parang mas maganda, hindi ba? Kaya lang, ganun pa rin yun, payad utang. Parang pareho lang, ang nagkaiba lang dun sa una, may utang tayo sa demonyo. Dito naman sa pangalawa, may utang tayo sa Diyos Ama at si Jesus ang nagbayad. Pinalawig pang higit yan, Nung uh, lumabas na yung Protestantism movement, especially with John Calvin, a lawyer. Kaya siguro yung kanyang training ay on justice. Kaya sabi niya na hanggang ngayon ay pinaniniwalaan ng marami mga protestante at ang mga, mga fundamentalist o yung mga Bible Christians nasa mga pamphlet nila yan. Ganito yan eh. All men have sinned. And they will quote Romans 3.23. And the payment of sin is death. They will quote Romans 6.23. In fact, ang kasunod niyan, kaya dapat aminin mo yung kasalanan mo, tapos tanggapin mo si Jesus bilang personal Lord and Savior. I have no problem with that. I did that and I do that. Ang, 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 ang question lang ng ibang talagang nag-iisip dyan ay, ang emphasis dyan, God must punish sin. And someone has to pay. Palaging kailangan may magbayad. At ito, itong paborito natin na dinig. At dahil, Diyos ang pagkakautang natin, Diyos din ang kabayaran. <laughs> Kasi hindi natin kayang magbayad eh. Huh? It, it has an eternal effect because it is an eternal God whom we uh, pinagkasalanan. Kaya si Jesus bilang eternal being, siya ngayon yung namatay for my place. So again, hanggang ngayon, yan ang hawak-hawak na paniniwala ng marami. May mga problema lang sa mga modelong ito pag pinalawig mo pa yung pag-iisip at pagtatanong. Kasi dito sa tatlong modelong to sinasabi that God's justice demands punishment. Panagkasala, parusahan. And that God's wrath, ang kanyang galit, can only be satisfied and placated when someone is punished. Tsaka lang mawawala yung galit niya pag merong maparusahan. Kaya si Jesus... <laughs> Yung naparusahan o si Jesus yung kailangang mamatay para mawala ang parusa sa tao. So palaging dapat may inaalay. Kaya kung iisipin mo, parang napaka-tribal nitong ideyang ito. Nung mga panahon na ang mga bulkan pag sumasabog, ang sinasabi nila, galit yung bulkan. Kaya para hindi siya magalit, kailangan may ihagis tayo dun. <laughs> Totoo yun, di ba? Either sanggol o bireng babae, ganun yun eh. May inaalay palagi. Kaya parang yun ang pervading concept. Dapat may ialay para hindi na siya magalit. Lalong magkakaroon ng, kwen, ng, ng question yan, pag madinig mo ang maraming turo ng Panginoong Jesus mismo sa bagong tipan in the New Testament. Why? Because He kept on forgiving people such as the adulteress na babatuhin na. Di ba? Oh, pinatawad niya yun eh. Yung paralisado, sabi niya, get up. 
take up your mat and walk. Your sins are forgiven. Si Zacchaeus, yun nasa puno. Huh? Nung pumunta siya doon, sinabi niya, salvation has come to this, to this, to this household. Ngayon, tanong, mayroon bang namatay doon para mapatawad niya? Wala eh. Lalo na nung kwinento ng Panginoong Jesus, ang the pearl of all parables, the prodigal son, na kung saan pinakita niya sa atin ang tunay na pagmamahal ng Diyos, na sa kabila ng pagkakasala ng suwail na anak, tinanggap ng Diyos at niyakap niya. Wala namang kailangan mamatay doon. Are you following this? So, pag-iisipin mo, so ano ang model na ito? At lalo na kung titignan mo na ang Panginoong Yesus ay talaga namatay ng gruesome death. Tapos tatanong mo, talaga bang ganun ang Diyos Ama na kailangan violently ay mamatay ang kanyang anak? Well, to me, to me ang, ang, ang strength ng tatlong models ay pinapakita lang yung gravity ng kasalanan. Talagang ang epekto ng kasalanan, may namamatay. <laughs> And in a way, ganun ang ginagawa natin pag tayo ay nagkakasala, may namamatay. Are you getting me? Kaya kailangan talagang... Pero, still, mananatili yung ating image na ang Diyos kailangan niya ng may dugo <laughs> para siya ay hindi na magalit. Kaya ang laking relief nung si Pope Benedict, who, is, who was for 24 years the Vatican's doctrinal gatekeeper, wrote about this. And he also commented about those models. In his book, An Introduction to Christianity, sinabi niya, It is an unworthy concept of God to imagine a God who demands the slaughter of His Son to pacify His wrath. Oh, ang santo papa na si Pope Benedict, pinalitan lang ni Pope Francis, ay sinabi niya, parang hindi ata tama yung konseptong yun. Na, na, na para mawala yung galit niya, yung kanyang anak ay mamatay. God must be thought uh, of, not of this way. Such a concept of God has nothing to do with the idea of God to be found in the New Testament as shown by Jesus. In fact, Old Testament talaga yung idea ng pag merong kasalanan, ikaw ay nag-aalay, nagpapatay ka ng hayop. Pero magugulat ka na sa Old Testament din, for example, in Psalms 51, sinabi din eh, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. So nilinaw na kahit ng Old Testament, hindi naman yan talaga ang hinihingi at tinahanap ng Diyos Ama. So ulit, so bakit kailangan mamatay ni Jesus? Now, unawain natin na itong mga paliwanag ng mga unang panahon are, are you know, man's attempt to explain God's love. It's a language of love. And because it's so difficult to comprehend the weight, you know, the, the, the depth, and the height of God's love, ang hirapot, kaya medyo nangangapangapake. Mayroon ang kwento kay St. Augustine, di ba? Pinapaliwanag niya yung mystery ng Holy Trinity. Pinapaliwanag niya yun. Tapos legend says, habang pinapaliwanag niya, naglalakad siya sa baybay dagat, may nakita siyang bata. Naghukay ng butas sa may baybay dagat. Tapos pumunta siya sa dagat, Kumuha siya ng tubig, nilagay niya doon sa butas niya. Tapos mabalik-balik, kuha ng dagat, tapos nilagay So, St. Augustine couldn't help but ask the, the child, Anak, anong ginagawa mo? Kita ko, kuha ka ng tubig sa dagat, nilagay mo sa butas. Sabi ng bata, sinasaling ko po yung dagat doon sa butas. Siyempre, sabi ni St. Augustine, <laughs> imposible ata yung ginagawa mo. Unang-una, eh, napakalikan yung dagat sa napakalikit na butas. Pangalawa, yun nilalagay mo dyan, babalik din sa dagat. Imposible. Alam niyo sagot ng bata? Eh di parang ginagawa mo, imposible din. 
Napakalaki ng ideya ng Diyos para ipasok mo sa napakaliit mong utak. Kaya tayo, sa kakapaliwanag natin sa Diyos, talagang medyo sasabalay-sablay o kaya gagawa tayo mga makakatang salita. Hindi ba? It's a language of love eh. Parang hindi mo mapaliwanag yung pagmamahal mo sa iyong nililigawan, mangangako ka ng, dadaling ko sa iyo ang mga, mga bituin at ang buwan at tatawin kong pitong dagat at aakyatin kong pitong bundok. Sabihin mo, i-call mo yan. Sige nga, gawin mo nga yan. Bigyan mo sa akin yung buwan bago kita. Hindi, hindi ikaw naman. Hindi ka na mabiro. Ha? Makata yun eh. Eh, ang problema, when legalists try to explain poetry in the literal sense, niliteral natin masyado. Ha? Kaya, sa ngayon, sa modern times, maganda sigurong unawain ang pagkamatay ni Jesus in the concept of discipleship. Sabihin yung lahat, discipleship. Pero bago yan, bago yung discipleship or kaugnay ng discipleship, yung sinasabi ni Odi kanina, there can be no discipleship without relationship. Sabihin nyo, relationship. At para sa akin, yung relationship, kaugnayan ng relatability. Yung nakaka-relate ka. Are you following? Kaya nga, relationship. May empathy. May sympathy. Kaya tignan nyo, ang sabi ng, ng mga practical at Actually, hindi bago ito eh. Ganito din daw talaga yung isip ng mga naunang mga Kristiyano. Sabi nila, kaya daw namatay si Jesus upang maunawaan mo na nauunawaan niya kapag ikaw naghihirap dahil dumaan siya doon. Did you hear me? Kasi minsan sinasabi natin, di ba, sa kaibigan lang, hindi mo alam, hindi mo naintindihan ng daladala ko. Hindi mo alam saan ako pinanggalingan kong hirap. Ako'y, ako'y, I was betrayed, I was persecuted, I was condemned. Halos hagupitin ako sa likod, halos magkadapada pa ako, halos pinako ako sa kwan at namatay ako. Hindi mo naintindihan. Hindi mo masasabi kay Jesus yan. Bakit? Sasabi ni Jesus, naintindihan ko yan. Pinagdaanan ko din yan eh. Kaya naintindihan kita. Kaya malalapitan mo tong Diyos na to eh. Dahil alam mo na alam niya pag ikaw, He is fully human. At para malaman mo na siya ay fully human, He went through the same pain and suffering and death. But the beauty here is that He did not remain huh, dead. Nabuhay siyang uli because He is also fully divine. So, ano sinasabi sa inon? Manginoon, ako'y naghihirap. Ako'y pinapako sa krus ng mga... Okay yan, naintindihan ko yan. Pinagdaanan ko din yan eh. Pero tandaan mo, pinagdaanan ko yan, tapos nabuhay ako mag-uli. Kaya ganyan din mangyayari sa'yo. Pagdadaanan mo yan, pero mabubuhay kang mag-uli. See? The cross is actually a message of hope for you. At pag, kahit sa tao, pag nakita mong naintindihan mo siya, naintindihan ka niya, kung saan ka dadali nun, sasama ka. May relationship. Gets nyo? Kaya ngayon, papasok discipleship. Pero yung sabi ko, hindi yan invento ha? That is supported by Bible verses. Sabi sa Hebrews 4.15, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize. Si Jesus yan eh. Hindi daw siya nasa alapaap lang na hindi naintindi ang pinagdadaanan natin. No! In fact, He have been one with us except for sin. Sabi nga sa Philippians 2.7, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So yun ang isang malaking dahilan. 
Kaya siya nagpakatao para maintindihan natin, naiintindihan niya tayo. At ngayon, makakasunod tayo sa kanya. Yun yung model ng discipleship. Sabihin yung lahat, discipleship. Kaya namatay si Jesus. Ito yung, huh? upang tayo din ay mamatay para sa iba. This is very interesting, in case you don't know this yet. From John 3.16 to, ja- to 1 John 3.16. John 3.16, ano sabi ko kanina? Alam niyo lahat yan? God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, so he who that believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Amen? Pero hindi natatapos dyan, na ang Diyos lang ang bumaba, o si Jesus ay namatay para sa atin. 1 John 3.16, ano sabi? Basa. <laughs> This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So the cross is a call for us to be like Jesus. Na kung siya'y namatay para sa atin, tayo din ay dapat mamatay para sa ating kapwa. The first message, He says, I love you. The second message, now you follow me by loving others too and by dying for them. He is calling you. Ililigtas ka niya, maaring sa pamamagitan niya. Sa pamamagitan niya. Sa pamamagitan niya. Sa pa- Are you getting me? Ililigtas ka niya dahil ililigtas mo siya. Amen? Ililigtas kanya. Ililigtas kanya, ililigtas kanya. Basta't magtiwala, huwag kang matakot, huwag mapahala, pagbubuhos ang ulan. Anumang pagsubok may dahilan Minsan walang kasagutan Sa gitna ng unos pangako niya'y Di kanya iiwanan Ipaglalaban ka sa gitna ng digman Ilang Nang kanyang napatunayan Kahit kailan Ililigtas kanya Ililigtas kanya God bless. Another big hand for Brother Alvin. Thank you, Brother. I want to close this session today by sharing with you a story about my father. But can I invite you to stand up? That's okay. My father was very old-fashioned. He uh, grew up, he was born in 1943 in a small province called Mai Hai Laguna. I don't know if some of you are from there. 
but he grew up, he had a very hard life. Um, he grew up during the time when the Japanese was occupying the country and those were very harsh environments. Maybe some of you have told you stories about during those, those times. But when he was three years old, he was playing in his bedroom with his mother and his five-year-old cousin who was on the next, uh, next door or meaning in the other room nearby, he was the son of a soldier. And for whatever reason, his five-year-old cousin, was, he managed to be able to get the gun of his dad. And he played with it a bit and he, he was able to pull the trigger and the gun went off and the bullet went into the other room straight into my dad's left face. And you see, during those times, medical treatment wasn't really very, very prevalent. It was scarce. So it was a miracle that he lived. Obviously, he lived because I'm here. But all throughout his life, he had to wear prescription sunglasses. You know, not like eyeglasses that I'm wearing, but prescription sunglasses. You know, the shades. And so when I was growing up, the young kids, especially when you're young, you know, you tend to say dumb things. And the young kids used to make fun of me and ask me, you know, why is your dad wearing shades? It's in the middle of the night. It's, it's inside the room. It's inside a function. He's watching a movie. He's wearing shades. And the only time my dad would take out his shades was when he would be sleeping and when he would be taking a bath. And that wasn't a lot of times. That's just twice a day. But I only discovered why he needed to wear shades when I was about 13 years old, when I walked into their bedroom or their bathroom. And he was fixing something in the dresser. And I didn't know what it was, except that when I saw it from afar, it looked something that was small and round. And when I got closer to it, I realized what he was washing. He was cleaning what looked like a plastic eye. And so the first thought in my head was, oh my gosh, my dad is the Terminator. How cool is this? But you know, because of this impairment in his left eye, he couldn't do normal things like you probably could do, like, you know, do sports, play basketball, play badminton, play ping pong. He couldn't do any of that because his vision was impaired. And driving, driving was such an ordeal for him, although it was a good, he was a good driver. But I only realized when I was probably about 17, 18 years old, we had a big family reunion. Every, we try to do this, or we used to try this every year, wherein we would, we would gather the entire clan, celebrate an occasion. And then in one of the occasions, you know how it is when you're in a reunion, you don't know everybody. And at that moment, a, a family that I didn't know who they were walked in, and my dad just rose up, jumped up from his seat, and gave this, this family a hug. And this guy that he was just hugging for so long, big smile on his face like he just won one billion in the lottery. He was just so happy. And he tried walking around with this guy, introducing him to all the other relatives. And finally, he calls on to me to come. And so I come and then he says, Audie, I want you to meet Tito Floro. And in my head, who the heck is Tito Floro? <laughs> Who's this guy? I've never seen him before. And again, we were young, so didn't even care who he was. But when we were driving home, on the way home, my dad starts talking about Tito Floro again and how happy he was that he was able to see him after all these years. And finally, one of us had the courage to ask, Daddy, who is Tito Floro? And my dad's like, oh, you know, he's the guy. You know the story I've been telling you about when I was three years old and somebody shot me, my cousin shot me? That's the guy. And we're like, that's the guy? That's the guy who impaired you? He's the reason why you only have one eye why do you look like you're the best of friends why didn't you blame him for what happened to you 
And my dad just, just says, no, I, I couldn't blame him. You know, if you only knew how hard his life has been, he has been blaming himself for what happened to me. He's been carrying so much burdens already. I didn't want to add on to the weight that he was already carrying. You know, my friends, you can go through life hating people and blaming people for the crosses that you've had to carry. You know, blaming your spouse, blaming your children, blaming your parents, blaming your friends, blaming your ex-girlfriend, your ex-boyfriend, even blaming situations, blaming your upbringing. Some of you even blame yourself. And you've hated people for so long for the crosses that you've had to carry. But maybe sometimes the crosses feel heavier. It's because you're carrying it with the weight in your, with, with the hate in your heart. You know, Jesus, He never walked around with His cross hating Judas for betraying Him. Hating the Pharisees for condemning Him. Hating the people who treated Him like He was an enemy. He never hated His cross. Even when He collapsed three times from the sheer weight of that thing. He just took whatever strength that He had and carried that cross until the very end. I don't even know how Jesus was able to manage carrying that heavy thing uphill. Especially at a time when Gatorade and Powerade hadn't even been invented yet. But He was able to do it. And here's why I believe he was able to do it. The reason why Jesus was able to carry that thing was because the weight of his love for you was greater than the weight of the cross. Jesus cared more for you, for me, for the saving of lives than he did carrying that cross. It was his love that lifted the cross. And I believe you should do the same thing too. Let love lift the crosses that you're carrying. I'm not telling you to love the cross that you have. I'm just saying, instead of using hate to carry that thing and blaming people that you have to carry this, why don't you use love instead? Let love be the strength that you use to lift up that cross. You're going to have to carry it anyway. Why not just use love to carry it? And one thing that Brother Alvin didn't mention deliberately, let me say this to you. You got to pick this up and catch this, all right? Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. He didn't have to. But He wanted to. Why? Because He needed to show us something. He wanted to demonstrate something that was so powerful to all of us today. He wanted to tell you that if you want to be happy, the only way that you can be happy is if you would die to yourself. If you would allow yourself to be crucified on behalf of others, to die so that others may live. Now, I want to ask you right now, what is your cross? Who is your cross? Is it a situation? Is it a person? Is it a past that you're trying to forget? What is or who is your cross? And I want you to close your eyes and imagine that cross. I want you to imagine that person, that situation, that predicament. And then I want you to reflect this week. How can I die to myself more so that cross that I'm carrying becomes a source of love? 
how can I give myself more to that cross so that I can be happy? See, if you're, if you're a parent, all the parents in this place, the reason why you sacrifice so much of your energy, your effort, your time to your children is because it makes you happy. Am I right? If you're a servant here at the feast, the reason why you give so much of your time and your effort, even if you're the one spending your resources, why? Because it makes you happy. Your cross is supposed to make you happy and that can only happen if you give yourself completely and absolutely. Give yourself. Die to yourself. Everybody lift up your hands in this place. The presence of Jesus right now who is with you, who is watching over you, looking down on you, walking beside you. I want you to say this personal prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I take up my cross and I follow you. I know it's heavy. I know it's burdensome. But I'm not going to use hate to lift it. I'm going to use the love and the strength that you've given me to lift it. Make me a blessing to the people around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.